This is Walking Your Talk, a podcast about leadership, authenticity, and courage. I'm Carolyn Taylor. Over my career, I've worked with well over 100,000 leaders in every kind of organization. People who are committed to closing the gap between their own values and those of their organization and how they show up every day. I wrote a book called Walking the Talk on how you change corporate culture, but this is much more personal. If you want to be known as someone who walks their talk, then this podcast is for you. Simplicity as a value. And a value is something that requires sacrifice to come to life. Now, most people think of simplicity as a process. And I think that's where many organizations go wrong and why they find simplicity so hard to achieve. Because actually, simplicity is very personal. It has to start with your relationship with simplicity and your relationship with complexity. And we all have one. So as a leader, if you're looking to lead an organization who is trying to make things simple, then you need to really explore what that's going to mean for you personally. And this is the first of a series of podcasts on simplicity. We're going to explore different elements of it. But today I want to start with this idea that it is actually a value. And I smile as I say this because I remember some very heated and long discussions I had with two different clients, actually, who questioned whether that was the case. My argument centered really around thinking that if you think about a monk and you asked a monk what they thought about simplicity, they are an extreme version of saying that simplicity is a way of being, it's a way of life. So I'm not necessarily saying that all of us have to become monks, but another person who we've all come to love, Steve Jobs, was also very, very strong, very passionate about simplicity. And there's a great book called Insanely Simple by Ken Siegel, who was a part of his advertising agency, where he tells some absolute classic stories about how Jobs made that happen, about how he would go around the room, for example, and ask everybody in the room in any meeting what was their purpose in being in the meeting. And if they weren't able to give him a good answer, he would ask them to leave the room. Now, he was quite brutal, maybe, but he certainly had the passion. And I think that is the passion that one needs to have to really make simplicity happen and to make it a value. We talk about monks. I've actually been watching on Netflix in the last few weeks. There's been a bit of a, a wave around the world, I think, on a woman called Marie Kondo. You might have seen her, who talks about decluttering your home. And she talks about choosing items that spark joy in you. But I think she really epitomizes for me taking simplicity as a value and describing all the positives about it. And there are a lot of positives. I mean, obviously, at an organizational level, you can make your organization simpler. You know, you become leaner, you become more efficient, you become more agile, you're able to move faster. But I think at a personal level, what simplicity does is it gives you less stress. It takes clutter, in a sense, out of your life, not only personal clutter, but also clutter in terms of how many things you get up to in any one day. And the reason that I love simplicity as a term is because I think it captures and embraces the idea of becoming easier to do business with, you know, becoming an organization who is simple to work around, to work inside, or to be a customer of. And that is an important component, I think. 
So I want to take time in this podcast to look a little bit at what it is, what are those drivers, those patterns of behavior, patterns of thinking that make it difficult for all of us to be simple and how we always tend, you know, we all, I think, have a tendency to add more and more stuff in our life, to add more and more projects on our plate, to take on more and more assignments. Uh, we tend to take more and more time to do things because we make them so complex, because we add all these additional clauses and we worry about all these different risks. And somehow everything then, because we don't just take a choice and act, gets more and more complex. And then we get involved in more and more. You know, we don't want to miss out. We end up attending everything in case it's a good one. And, and so basically life just pours on because it's so much easier, I think, to add than to stop. So I think there are three main causes that I've found that drive complexity. One of them is perfectionism, our desire to have everything to be perfect, to never be able to accept that something is good enough and therefore to add more and more detail and to demand more and more of other people to feed our need for detail, which of course then adds complexity into our organization as well. The second one is a reluctance to stand up and make a choice, even with imperfect information, that we're not willing to make a judgment call. And so we add more and more detail, we do more and more risk analysis, we keep more and more things because we're not willing to throw something out in case it turned out to be the thing that was really important. And the third one is, I think, quite a deep belief that it probably runs through our whole society, which is that more is always better. Basis of capitalism, I suppose, really, if we think about it, that more more is always better. So I'm going to look better if I do more, if I'm involved in more, if I take on more. Our organization is going to do better if we tackle more things at once and jump into more and consume more and find more ways of doing things, as opposed to being able to pare things back. So those three, which I think really are the personal things, the things as a leader we have to really tackle, are we're going to cover in the next three episodes in more detail. What I want to do today is actually to give you an exercise to start thinking about how complexity and simplicity works for you in your life and also in your organization, but definitely personally. I want you just to do this in the organization because it's easy to write. You know, everybody writes lists. Every, every client I work with has lists of, oh, you know, we've got too many projects. We're going to cut the projects. You know, we've got too many meetings. We're going to cut the meetings. We've got too many people in meetings. We're going to cut those. But much more difficult is to actually start at a personal level and say, what does this mean for me? So this is going to be the exercise. I'd like you to think about what would you like ideally in a dream world to have less of? And you can write some organizational lists, but also write some personal lists, because having less of it will make it simpler. And then pick one of those things, you know, whether it's social commitments or whether it's clothes, I'm talking at the personal level now. Try and go through and cut out 20%, 10% even, just right now, this week. Just go through your calendar, take out 10%. Go through your wardrobe, take out 10%. So as you go through that process, I want you to notice what goes on in your mind. Because in our mind, we are always telling ourselves a story, telling ourselves a set of reasonable reasons, a set of excuses, a set of justifications. So for example, when I did this around my clothes, what I realized was that the ones that were most difficult for me to throw away were things that somebody else had given me, even if it was five years ago. 
And what I realized is that I have a story inside of my head, which is, oh, people took so much effort in getting me this gift and they'd be so hurt if they ever heard that I throw it away. And so I have to keep it. So I want you to listen, just to listen at this point and to write down what are those stories that you tell yourself, which mean that you have to keep more complexity in your life than you really perhaps want. What are the reasons that you think make that important? In that process, you'll find that there is an anxiety attached to making things simple. And there's an anxiety attached, which allows us, which encourages us to become more complex. And so I hear people sitting in organizations making these grandiose plans about how they're going to simplify meetings and PowerPoint presentations and projects. But I don't think they've actually looked at that fear, that anxiousness, that story that they have about what might happen. In my case, it was about, I'm going to hurt people. Someone else, it might be, oh, but I'm going to need it one day. Yes, you might need that piece of wrapping paper from last Christmas. But at the same thing, you could say, yes, you might need that IT system that you've had for five years. But is that really worth the complexity that it's adding? And the thought that I want to leave you with today is that it is the same pattern of thinking. So take off your big corporate hat for a moment and look at what your personal relationship is with simplicity. Because if you can get close to that and then start working with that, you will find that your relationship and your ability to do something magical, to take complexity out, increases. If you don't have a look at yourself, you're not going to be known as someone who's walking your talk. And so next week, we're going to look at the first of those three elements, which is what I call fit for purpose, which is the extent to which perfectionism makes it difficult to become simple and how if you start to really understand the difference between what has to be perfect and what doesn't and are able to apply that and look at the beliefs that you have that prevent that from happening, that you're able to make a big difference in terms of walking your talk on simplicity. So that's next week. Hope you'll join me. Thank you for being here.